Welcome to Season 3 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of the mad scientist and myself as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. Once again, we are back at it with the M-W Tactical Podcast. And once again, like I always like to ask people or tell people, thank you for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast, especially if you're abroad. Once again, if you are somebody who lives in a different country, please email me your phone number or contact information of some such, whereas we can bring you onto the show and talk about gun matters in relation to your country, to our country. This week's show is sponsored by Gun Butter. Gun Butter is another lubrication system for your firearms, especially if you do competition. And one thing the mad scientist always says is if you use Gun Butter, you are guaranteed to hit more alphas. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Mark, (laughs) The owner of Gun Butter, what he actually says is Gun Butter is the best known secret in the shooting world. So go check out gunbutter.com. If you come out to the South Carolina sectional, we will ensure that you will get a bottle of Gun Butter and you could try it out for yourself. As we already stated, the South Carolina sectional is taking place April 30th through May 2nd in Belton, South Carolina. Registration is open, and the mad scientist tried to put me in the headlock just a few days ago to get people to come out there, register, and shake his hand. So (laughs) please keep me from being put in the headlock and come on out and shake the mad scientist's hand. I forgot about all your jujitsu stuff that you train in. (laughs) (laughs) So without further ado... We're going to bring in the lady of the M-W Tactical Podcast. She has been at it all week. She has been making administrative decisions that are benefiting everybody on our end of the spectrum. She is one who I say is mean, but she will stand her ground and say, prove it. So without further ado, we want to welcome Coach B. How's it going for you, B? I'm good. Hi, Mike. Hi, Dave. Hey, Coach yeah. B. So how, how has your week been outside of M-W Tactical? My week's been pretty busy. Um, yeah, you had a lot going on from conversations we had. Yes. Um, celebrated three birthdays um, from my kids. Um, between... Mm-hmm making brookies if anyone knows what a brookie is (laughs) one of my boys uh that's what he wanted so it's a brownie and a chocolate chip cookie mixed together i was a little skeptical but it Hmm. turned out pretty well yeah Um, that's what it is so i i was talking with dave um a few days ago and when we was talking i had told dave like i don't know how you been able to do that all these years whereas you have twins and then you have a daughter 
and their birthdays are the same week. Yes. Right. And I was like, wow, that's a, like, that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that is a lot, you know, so um, and juggling that over the course of years, like that's different egos right there in play, <laughs> you know, um, I'm pretty sure it's funny conversations in the meantime. But um, like when I was a kid, I recall one time my mom was trying to say my birthday presents and my Christmas presents were the same, but my aunts wasn't going for that. Right. So um, now that was just me because, you know, my brother's birthday is in um, September. So we are months apart from each other. But you didn't have that window. <laughs> it's like yours are right on top of each other. So that's pretty. Uh, I told Dave, that's amazing that you are able to ju um, juggle that like that. Right. So I have three kids all the same age for five days. And Bryson, he <laughs> loves to rub it in to the older child. Um, he loves to tell her, we're all the same age. You can't tell me what to do. You're not older than me. And she, her personality is complete opposite. And she gets a little upset um, and wants to fight Bryson. But Yeah, you know how I go right there. Bryson is a character. So for those of you who remember Bryson, Bryson was the one, we actually interviewed him last season on the M-W Tactical Podcast, and he was going to actually start doing shooting full time. And then I think when you actually started beating him in competition, <laughs> that's when he was like, forget this. <laughs> but, the ego um, got the best of him. Yeah, I think that's what it is, especially when your mom is out doing you. So you're like, yo, I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> All right. So sitting across the table on the other side of the spectrum, the man who actually uses gun butter more than anything else, he actually knows how to turn a screw or two. He actually has a couple machines. I don't know the name of, but when I need them, I just be like, hey, here, put it on your machine. He say, I got you. The mad scientist himself, my man, my brother from another mother, the co-hostess with the mostest, the mad scientist, Dave. What's going on, Dave? What's up, Mike? What's up, Coach B? Glad to be back. I took a little break on the in the last episode yeah, yeah so um i was telling beverly i was like if anybody needed a break that was probably you because i don't think you took a real break last year you know so and it just probably yeah, just I caught up with you <laughs> yeah so like... it it really was good uh my wife and i just went to the beach for a weekend um which isn't a big deal for us i mean trip wise you know we're only like two and a half hours from the coast um, but it, it was nice just to get out of town for a little bit and spend the weekend together and not thinking about anything else. <laughs> so it was good. Came back feeling, feeling good, feeling refreshed. I needed it. Oh yeah. So, both did, I think. Well, I can tell you that the little assistant said she wanted to record another podcast and she wanted to talk with you. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So she, she has stated, she was like, Hey, I want to do a podcast, but will I get to talk to Dave? <laughs> she, that was exactly. <laughs> I enjoyed it. talking to her. Yeah. So she was like, I think she, she likes it because the one time she, the last time I had her, she had asked like three times in a row and it was within 20 minutes. Like 
can we record a podcast? Can we record a podcast? And I was like, yeah, she had fun with it, dude. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, she had a lot of fun with it. And I tried to explain to her, it doesn't work like that. There's more that goes into it. We just can't turn on the microphone and just, hey, let's make a podcast. <laughs> you know, if you want it to be quality and sound decent, you know, in a sense of speaking. So, but outside of that, Jay Bill, we actually interviewed him last week. And of course, you had took last week off. And because you took last week off, you wasn't there to actually do the interview portion with Jay Bill. So when we were sitting there talking, he stated that he wanted to talk with you. So I told him the next time we record that we would actually call him on the show so you can actually speak with him. So Yeah, man, I'd like to talk to him. I met him at the uh, SC sectional match last year. Uh, no, um, North Carolina. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah NC, NC yeah. sectional. There we go. Yeah. And um, didn't get to talk to him much. We were walking stages before the match, but right. got, to, got to meet him. Yeah, yeah. So he was um he was pretty stoked, but he said he wanted to speak with you. So let's go ahead and give him a call right quick, like and um because we can do that now. Yeah, yeah, we got the <laughs> we got the means to make it happen. <laughs> Hello, this is Jay. Hey Jay, what's going on with you? This is uh Mike from the M W Tactical Podcast. What's going on? Hey Mike, good to hear your voice again. Hey, that's it. It was just last week we were just talking. <laughs> I know. (laughs) So, but this week, um, we actually have um, the mad scientist, Dave Lyle on the phone and Coach B. So you got the whole posse this time on the phone with you for a little bit. Awesome. This is good. (laughs) Jay, what's going on, man? Hey, Dave. It's Dave and Coach B. Dave's like the craziest, fastest shooter in the world. And then then we got... (laughs) You got Coach B, um, and and I, I, it's pretty cool to be on the phone for a few minutes. It's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, but I was just telling Dave like the last time we was talking, um, how I did tell you the next time we actually record on the show that we'll give you a call so that you could speak to him since he wasn't available last week for the interview. Yeah, I needed yes. a break. I had to get out of town for a little bit, just relax, get away from stuff. But <laughs> sorry, I missed it last episode. <laughs> No worries. It makes sense. It's, it's good to have some time off sometimes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it right there. So um, what, do you, what do you got going on right now, Jay? I am doing a little work on my house, um, and it's it's pretty chilly outside, so I just came inside for a second. I've been working outside, getting some siding on, so getting some work done. It's good. Nice. So um, from the last conversation we had, as I told you that I've been like getting back into dry fire regularly again, and I was playing with the timer. So when I was doing my reloads, I was doing them at one second. I bumped it down to 0.95. Hey. Yeah. So my goal is within the next two weeks, try to get it down to 0.85 with no mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like that goal. I, bet, I, I, I don't doubt you. I bet yeah. you do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when you got Dave in your ear, that's, that's a sense of encouragement right there. Absolutely. And I, so I've got a kind of a question for Dave. Um, So Dave, watching, watching you shoot and like any of the videos that I see of you shoot, um, there, there's there, it's fearless in the sense of just when you go through a stage, Um, it it doesn't seem like you're afraid of partial targets or or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of a two-part question. So bear with me here. Um, So 
that's your that's what comes through in videos that I see. I've never seen you shoot in person before. Um, and you mentioned a while back that that this year you're going to push to make GM. Um, and I'm a little curious, like, because watching you shoot, you 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 shoot like anybody else who who is an open division grandmaster who's um, really fast because the guns allow that and and your gun your gun manipulation your your draws reloads are insane and so what is your I guess what's your switch what are you going to be doing kind of mental mentally and then technically for for that this year or are you even doing that or was that just did I make that up on my own <laughs> no it's um I started um, really kind of over the last two years, I guess, I kind of really started just focusing on match performance and I didn't really care about a classification. So I, I didn't, I haven't shot many classifiers at all. Um, I've just been, you know, really working on, on trying to work on movement, target transition, uh, you know, eye movement speed, um, you know, refining the, you know, technical aspects and, and, of stage planning, you know, blending positions together, stuff like that. And I never really cared about a classification. Um, and I got at one point, um, maybe beginning or it was toward the end of 2019, I got to like 94% um, on my classification and I got scared actually. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel like I was ready to compete at the GM level at that time. So I kind of backed off and purposely kind of shied away from, from classifiers, from shooting classifiers. Um, now I, I'm not intimidated by that anymore. Um, nice. So I, I'm just going to really, I'm not really going to do a whole lot different with my match shooting per se, but I'm, I want to just try to focus on, you know, shooting some more classifiers in particular and, and, and working on those classifier skills. Um, focusing on those, those things a little bit more. And I actually started that, um, this, well, beginning of this week, I, um, I took a little bit of break from dry fire. I was I, not completely, but I just kind of, you know, was only dry firing like two or three times a week. Um, but this week I picked it back up and I've, I've been dry firing twice a day. And for the first time, my shoulders, like, in my shoulder blades and my back are really sore <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> I'm dry firing twice a day, you know, for an hour plus. And, um, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, after a break coming back in that, that aggressively with dry fire, it's, it's making my body feel it. <laughs> <laughs> it's intense. That's intense for sure. Okay. That, so that, that makes sense. You're, you're, you're prepared to be a grandmaster now, which you are. You basically you already are. It's just that the classification is 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 the missing piece there. Um, but before that, totally makes sense that that you were so close to it and then you were scared because it. I mean, that's like the the self image. Um, uh, yeah. So that's well, really yeah. interesting. Yep. It's um, you know, we 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 both um, put a lot of uh, emphasis in in Steve Anderson's training and. Um, after, um, since then, since uh, I took a, that mental management class with him in, in 2020, Mike and I did uh, middle yeah. of the year, I think sometime. I'm not sure. It was exactly. summertime. Yeah, sometime. Summer. Summer. Yeah. Oh, it was May. Yeah. 
but um yeah that was that was a a great class for me um and he was he, for me too he pointed out a lot of that stuff and a lot of it i mean i could see that was it was a lot of mental image stuff i'm i'm, I'm already competing with with gms and and you know beating a lot of gms so it was not like physically i could not compete with them uh you know i had to i have the technique i have the capability of it but mentally i uh, wasn't there yeah makes perfect sense i relate to that a ton um, so that's that's cool to hear i now okay this is a personal question you don't have to answer this if you want if you don't want to um because we're on we're all kind of on the same page with with steve's system so and after taking the no management there do you have do you have a focus phrase that you use yeah no okay <laughs> i don't okay. and I, I always i thought maybe i'm doing it wrong but i um i've thought about trying to implement it and i did actually try to implement it several times but i forget it when i'm on the line i have always just i go through my routine um and then my mind just kind of goes blank and i'm listening for the timer you're listening for, are you looking at anything specific on like if there's a stage or is it, if there's a first target are you thinking about obviously that's different stage to stage but is there a, a physical action that you do prior to listening for the beep i mean everybody's got their you know like make ready routine or whatever but um i just you know i go through the I keep my hand on my gun um, and go through the stage plan one more time, you know, right before I get ready to shoot. And um, I might be focusing on a, on a target. Yeah. I'm at least looking in the general direction of the first target I'm going to engage. It just kind of depends on what that target is and where it is. If I'm actually staring right at the target, sometimes, you know, you have to make a, make a run around a wall or something before you get to that target. Right. There's some, it's not always just a target you're looking at. Sometimes yeah. it's some, like a fault line or, or, or something. If, but if it, it's a, if I'm drawing to a partial or something like that, you know, for the first shot, I'll be staring, you know, right at the center of that target area where I'm going to shoot. Right. But right. I've, I've tried, I really thought maybe I was doing something wrong because I didn't have a focus phrase and I tried to implement that and, and maybe I could with more practice, but I don't know that I need to. I think I've, it could be very beneficial. Um, if you have trouble focusing and for some reason yeah. it, I didn't need it. Um, I well, don't know. you have, you have a make ready process that is extremely dialed in. And, and so that puts you in the state that you need to be in. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's what it sounds like. I think I'm able to get there without a focus phrase for whatever reason. I, I don't know why. Um, well, I, th yeah. I think your focus phrase is whatever you're actually saying that works for you. Whereas Steve, when he taught it in a class, it was something simple that resonates with you. And your focus phrase is probably something like a checklist. That's what it sounds like to me when you go up to the lawn. Your procedure is your checklist of what you need to do before you take the first shot and your first step. Mm -hmm. I, um, I kind of, well... I get the stage in my head, I guess, um, target, target by target, yep. um, visualizing that. And then I just kind of let it go. And one of the reasons that I'm not always specifically focused on a target is because that kind of takes 
some that can take attention away from from what I'm doing at that point. I'm, I'm mm. just listening and observing and trying to pick up the very beginning of that beat. There you go. And that can't kind of delay, or sometimes I've noticed it kind of delaying my reaction to the beep if I have too much of a, a sharp focus on, on something visually. That makes sense. That, that, no, that does make sense because the best reaction times comes from when we're just literally, like what you said there, just awareness and, and, and listening. And, and you're going to move on any sound you hear. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've picked up on a timer from the next bay over before and started. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's cool to hear. And I, I, I should probably get going here in a second, but um, I'm wondering, so you're, when you said you, you let go of that plan, and I know Steve has, Steve has talked about this a lot, um, I feel like that, that that is such a big part of letting go of ev- of everything that you've just spent the past you know hour, 45 minutes memorizing and visualizing, and then all of a sudden you have to let the entire thing go and trust, it's, trust that it it'll be there. Scary as it's, hell. <laughs> I, I, get, I, I got goosebumps. I, I got goosebumps when I heard you say it, and now I'm just getting goosebumps even talking about it because it's 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 scary to say, it's scary to think about. It is. But but when when like when you trust it the most that it's going to be there is when is when you get like the best performances that you've ever had. Um, at least for me, it, it's that way. Yeah. And so it's it's like a reinforcement. I, I mean, I think it's why we do this game, why we play this game anyway, um, is because we're chasing that feeling of uh, of fully subconscious execution um and that's something i've talked to like lots of people about and and it's in it's I, at least i think it's kind of why i play this game now because <laughs> I, that feeling that you get for maybe it's only like eight seconds yeah. uh, or less or like mm-hmm. three seconds um it brings you back for Pretty makes good. me smile good oh yeah it is it is a great feeling i've, I've gone through i remember the first couple of times where, where i was figuring out the the mental game i would go through a stage and not remember reloading but you know at the end of it i'm like well i know i had to reload because i would run out of ammo if i didn't but i have right. no idea i don't i didn't remember doing it at all <laughs> it, i was just that was part of my plan my stage plan and i burned it into my subconscious so much that it just happened I it happened yeah i didn't even think you, about it it's like fully full present tense um participation in in life because <laughs> nothing else that nothing that just happened matters and nothing that's going to happen matters um it's, it's a right, pretty right there it's a very unique feeling i think for me anyway I, i'm you know that, that's probably why i keep doing it too <laughs> awesome awesome all right jay um like i said beforehand um we appreciate you coming on to the show for a little bit and um, we're gonna be calling you back here shortly to bring you back onto the show um, so we can have part two of the conversation that we had from the interview yeah let's let's do it I, I'd, I'd be up for it for sure thanks for having me on um coach b nice to just very very brief, briefly hear your voice keep doing the podcast thing it's awesome um, <laughs> thank you and and Dave, good to good to chat to you for yeah, well, good to I talk mean, to I, you. 
it's pretty pretty cool. So, um, and then Michael, thank you again. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Really appreciate it. All right. Yeah. So, um, like I said, just um, stay by your phone, and um, we'll be hitting you up here shortly. Sounds good. Bye. All right. All right. See take you, care. Yeah. So, um, like I said beforehand, uh, he wanted to actually speak with you for a little bit. So, um, that was cool. Yeah, yeah that was that, that conversation right there. Yeah, actually, um, ended up dropping the phone and it disconnected for a little bit. I saw I that. Though. <laughs> yeah. Where'd it go? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to like pause the conversation and be like, "Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on." But you actually picked it back up because I think you still heard it when I was trying to plug it back. Yeah, in. I could barely hear it, but yeah, I could still yeah. hear. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't. So, um, let's go ahead and jump into a quick commercial break. Because we did go over the time by like, 12 minutes. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it was all good. It's like, <laughs> um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into a quick commercial break and uh, come on back. And then we'll hit up some of the main talking points that we want to hit up for this week. So everybody, please stay in your seats, turn up the volumes. And here are a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. What's up, good people? This is Michael Woodland from M-W Tactical. This is Coach B from M-W Tactical. And we are asking for your help with two GoFundMe campaigns that we have started. The first one is we are making a professional movie, and it's going to be about our day-to-day -day life within the sport of shooting. Details about this campaign can be found by visiting GoFundMe.com forward slash we are making a professional movie. The second campaign, we are asking for you to donate to give financial assistance for those who cannot financially get the training they deserve. Remember, there are a lot of first-time gun owners out there, and I am asking for everyone in the gun industry to come together and make our community stronger. For more details, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash free firearms training. Remember how important training is to keep everyone informed and safe. All right, good people, we're back at it again after coming off that little break, especially the conversation we had with J. Bill and um, the mad scientist. So I felt that was pretty interesting and um, pretty cool. So 
That was cool. I'm glad he called in. I enjoyed oh, yeah. talking to him. Yeah, Hope we yeah, can so. shoot together soon. Well, um, I think he's probably going to... I think he said he was going to try to do Area 6. Or he signed up for Area 6 and he pulled out. I can't remember which one he actually said it. Okay. Well. But um, I told him, if anything, they do some type of benefit up there in Maine. And I think it's for the fire department. They do it for. Is that where he lives? Yeah, up uh, up north. Yeah. So um, I told him if anything, we will possibly try to make it up there. Because, you know, it's kind of fair to keep asking him to come down and shoot with us and we don't go up and shoot with him. So, yeah, um, we can do that. But, you know, I told him, like, we just got to plan it out and yeah. see how everything works out. When it's warm. Yeah, it has to be yeah. warm. Yeah, it has to be warm. <laughs> he probably wouldn't mind coming down here more often, I wouldn't imagine. If... <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we get a lot warmer temperatures. Yeah. One thing I did notice about just watching videos and hearing conversation with people shooting up north, it's like a different game up there. It's just like basketball. So, like, if you're into sports like that, when you play against somebody from the West Coast, um, the Central area, then the East Coast, you can actually see the difference in play. And it's almost like uh, that yeah. with shooting in a sense of speaking, you know, like how people actually approach it, you know, in one regard. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. 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 I think it would be also. So we know there are going to be some new gun laws that's coming down. And a lot of us are not in favor of these new gun laws because I think it's going to be an infringement on our rights in a sense of speaking. But I have been telling everybody, please contact your congressmen and your senators and voice your opinions of what you think about what's about to come down. You know, right. so um, if you don't like a certain bill, voice your opinion on that. If you don't know how to contact your congressman or senator, DM me, email me, and I will actually send back the information with that person's phone number, you know, in regards to how you need to call them. Now, if you can't call them, yeah, by all means, send an email, but it's better if you do call because it's a tally process that they have so much time to respond to it on their end or something. It's like a checks and balances. So you're not like wasting your time. It's like, yeah, 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 we hear you, but we're going to do what we want to do anyway. You know, so the system isn't set up like that. And one of these bills that they're trying to put into play or it's actually written up and this just needs to be heard on the floor is a smart gun bill. So I don't know if you heard about that, Dave. <laughs> I have not. Who is presenting that one? Oh, man. Um, since we were supposed to record yesterday, I had all that information fresh in my mind. And, you know, like once I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about it. And then when you said, let's record today i was like it slipped my mind so i can't remember the person's name exactly but a house house bill correct that's usually where they come from yeah so but there is a smart gun bill that's coming into play and (laughs) when i did read it what it came down to saying was in so many words of less as of right now smart guns are to be made pushing forward so from here on out Smart guns are an establishment and can only be sold. Now, if you already own a firearm. A dumb gun? 
Yeah, <laughs> the gun that doesn't have the smart technology. <laughs> Mine are pretty dumb. The dumb gun. <laughs> um, if if you have it, you could keep it in the configuration that it's in now. But if you go to sell it, you have to put the smart gun technology on it. Can't sell a dumb gun. Nobody wants yeah. to buy dumb. No, nobody gun. wants to buy the dumb gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But in a sense of speaking, when you sit there and you look at that technology. This was something that was bought up, what, maybe five, 10 years ago. And there were companies that were trying different, you know, avenues to make this work. And the one argument that I would always make is, regardless of what you do, it's going to be something that is electronic associated with it, whether it's battery operated or it's plugged into something. And there's always room for error because of that. Disconnecting wire, battery dead, <laughs> circuitry wet, you know, whatever the case may be. I've seen some of the, I guess they were they were trying to market them as just like security devices, just a way to yeah. put something around the trigger guard of a gun um, yeah. to, instead of having it inside of a lockbox or safe or something like that. Mm -hmm. They had some biometric technology, some fingerprint scanner stuff. That that was years ago, um, probably kind of like what you're talking about. I don't know anything about a smart gun. But yeah. um, my buddy um, Mike Sedini over at Walk the Talk America. So everybody go look that company up. And his company, Walk the Talk America, deals with mental illness within the gun community. So they actually talk to um, different lobbyists you know, legislations and organizations in regards to firearms and mental illness. And they give an alternative resource to people who have some form of a mental illness and um, making it work. So um, that sounds great. That's, I think that's where most of our trouble comes from. Um, not necessarily laws, or the lack of laws when it comes to firearms and, and stuff like that. It's, there's a, I think a lack of mental illness treatment and understanding in general in our country. And, and it's so much easier to just point fingers at something like a gun and, and blame it on a gun yeah. when, when the mental illness is most likely the, the major player in, in most of, you know, incidents that we, that we see. Well, I agree with that to a portion. Okay. The other portion I don't agree with is when people do a crime, I believe if you actually punish somebody for doing that crime, that sets the tempo for it either happening again or not happening again. You know, so if somebody shoots up a school and they get a death penalty, how often do you think a school shooting is going to occur? Versus, oh, well, it would greatly deter it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it would greatly deter it. <laughs> yeah. But when we have people doing acts like this and nothing really happens to them, but now instead of holding the person accountable and we're blaming, the tool, as we already stated, it leaves room open for 
the conspiracy theory to take place and I'm doing this for this reason, whatever happens in the mind of somebody like that, which does go back to the mental illness aspect in a sense. How do you correct it? Right now, I do believe if you go into any organization and you shoot up the place and people do die, you should be tried to the full extent of the law. Right. Yeah. So there should be nothing like an officer taking you to Burger King to get a meal because you're claiming you're hungry, you know, before you go to jail as a sense of a reward or you go to shoot up said organization where there's multiple people who happen to lose their life and you get the minimum sentence, you know, of like probation or something crazy like that. But the firearm is back to being blamed again. Mm -hmm. What I was, what I was uh, saying was from a viewpoint of prior to a crime or something happening, it was, Oh, yeah. The way I was looking at it, I totally agree with what you're saying too. If if there's been a crime committed, then you know it needs to be looked into and and tried accordingly. Well, now you gotta also remember too. A lot of times when a crime does take place, we can't say that's mental illness because that could be out of desperation. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so there could be a lot of reasons. Yeah, I've seen videos, not in person, but <laughs> I've seen videos of somebody holding up an establishment just to feed their family. You know, um, came down on their luck. They didn't know what else to do. And they held up an establishment. Whereas this video, the guy held up a pizza parlor with a handgun and he broke down and started crying. And he started apologizing to the people and the manager of this pizza parlor, you know, he was like, yo, look, I apologize for doing this. Uh, I don't want your money. I just want the food so I can feed my family. And I want to say they actually found the guy. They didn't press charges, but they decided to help him out because they didn't want him to do that again. And then it turned out ugly for him, you know, and yeah. this was the time frame, like, um, when the Enron situation was coming to an end and people were starting to lose their jobs across the board, yeah, the internet bubble, whatever, whichever one it was. But um, that was one incidence of it. So that's not mental illness at all. That was no, desperation. People <laughs> you getting put in situations yeah. like that. And, and I think, you know, with things been, that have been happening over the last year or so, they're, you know, they're yeah. very likely to happen again. I've seen it happen again already. Yeah. Similar stuff. People are getting desperate. Now you had the one kid who had um, a firearm and or a knife or something like that. But he had a mental illness and the officers couldn't determine he had the mental illness because they was all focused on him putting that weapon down. I can't remember if it was a knife or a gun. Did he end up getting shot? Yeah, he ended up getting shot. And yeah, everybody on the sideline was yelling at the officers like um I saw the like mentally challenged or whatever they were saying. 
the back cam his, there. Yeah, whatever his um, condition was, and they ended up shooting him anyway. He was running after them with a knife down the middle of the street. Right. The cop was running backwards trying to get away from him. Mm-hmm. I, there wasn't a whole lot he could do. Yeah. So <laughs> defend himself was about it was that was it. He was trying to get away from the guy. Right. So now the other side of that is we already know because of the tool, the politicians are going to say something in regards to the crime spiking up because of the gun. And me and Coach B was talking about this um, a couple days ago as well. And like I stated to her, the crime is not going to spike up because of the gun. The crime is going to spike up because of the conditions of what's going on in the environment. So if people lose their jobs, once again, crime is going to spike up out of desperation. You're you're not left with, with many options. Correct. But the systems that are in place to help people, they don't come around in that timely manner. So you can go file for some form of assistance or unemployment or whatever. What's that going to take two or three months before it kick in? Yeah. What are you going to do in the meantime? (laughs) So it's like, okay, how do I do this? And then if you don't have family or friends who are willing to help out in a sense, because times are trying in a sense of speaking um how do you handle this but i can guarantee you that the politicians are going to say crime has spiked because of the gun and right now the gun sales that are in place are people who are fearful for the unknown and that's the reason why a lot of people started buying firearms whereas if you kept everything even across the board you wouldn't have this problem but when you have a lopsided system Mm -hmm. you know starting with the court system being lopsided this is the fear and pandemic situation that we are running into sure well they um toward the toward the beginning of the pandemic um there was a lot of push to, to defund police forces and i haven't heard a whole lot about that lately i don't know how that's going but I did hear that there were the officers were not responding to calls or, or were not able to. Um, and that's, uh, you know, one of the arguments that a lot of uh, anti-gun people, you know, put in play is only officers sh- or police officers should have guns. You know, that's their job to protect you. But mm-hmm. if, you know, well, yeah, I, I feel the same. I, by the time a cop gets there, the, 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 incidents already done with they're just recording events of what happened pretty much but if you can't even rely on them to to show up i mean what what do you you know what are your options there you have to be able to protect yourself and and that i saw that at the beginning of all the gun sales um you know when that when they started jumping Mm -hmm. You, you have to protect yourself at that point if if you absolutely cannot rely on police not you know anything against them at all but they were they were busy they were overwhelmed they didn't have the resources to help i'm even though that they wanted to they can't be everywhere at at, at one time you have to do it yourself you have to be responsible for your own safety that's true now when i was younger i lived in a neighborhood this is when i was living in virginia with my mom 
And the neighborhood I lived in, the cops would not come to that neighborhood once the sun went down. They would come back the next day. So if you happen to call that night and say something happened, they'll show up the next morning, like after eight o'clock. Yeah, they were probably but, instructed not to yeah, not to well, go out there. It was it was a rough neighborhood. And yeah. you know, cops in that type neighborhood were not looked upon <laughs> as being your friend, you know. So what did you guys do? Yeah, well, well, of course, I never called the cops when I was younger because the mind state was different back then. What What did the neighborhood do? They knew the police wouldn't come at night. Yeah, so you fended for yourself. You so took somebody, into yeah, somebody broke into your house. You defended your house with yeah. what you had. It might that's, have been a pot and pan, a broomstick. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know? I mean that's that's all there is left to do. You have to defend yourself. You have to yeah. be responsible for your safety. Yeah, but um. Luckily, nobody did any harm to my family, break into the house or anything like that. Um, yeah. But there were a few times whereas incidents did happen, gun related, somebody got shot. And of course, you know, like the one time this guy did get shot in the neighborhood, they put him in the back of um, a car and they took him to the hospital. They just, just didn't leave him. You know, so a couple people came out, they put him in the car, took him on out. And I can't remember, I, I was a kid when that happened. So I really don't remember if he lived or what happened with that situation. Um, shortly after that, I went to go live with my grandmother and then my father ended up getting custody of me. So it's vague for me. Yeah. So what's your opinion on... um? the spike in crime, especially like when you're driving around and you see two or three police officers whisk by you as you're driving? I don't know that um, the spike in crime, you can't really say that it's from firearms. Um, I know <clears throat> with my job, um, I've seen so many people come in who were stabbed with a fork like they're at a family dinner and they're stabbed with a fork <laughs> so i mean really and truly anything can be used as a it weapon it doesn't matter what it is <laughs> right. as long as it has a pointy end on it right, <laughs> That's right. Um, so um as far as the spike in crime it, it's gonna happen with people losing their jobs but people use all kind of things as a weapon to get what they need to get or what they want i guess so. well have you ever heard about um overseas i think it's in london they're possibly going to pass a law that says knives are outlawed or it's going to be conditions on using oh, a knife yeah, yeah right. they you know? they outlawed firearms right. so so they were having so many or the, there was a spike in stabbings and, and <laughs> slashings and stuff like that you have to show your id to buy um like kitchen cutlery mm -hmm. like a fork and knife set you would get it you know whatever grocery store or something yeah so next they're you know, locked up you have to show an id to buy a fork and knife for your kitchen now you got to do a retinal scan to get a <laughs> screwdriver and a hammer next yeah. <laughs> well, if you, is it true is this a true statement that yeah more people are killed by a knife than a firearm that's true yeah that's very true so, um, that's an fbi statistic so why are yeah. we not going after knives first <laughs> because before? there's big money in 
firearms. Yeah. And it's it's easy. It's easy thing it's easy, for, yeah. for people to point fingers at. Yeah. So my take on it is um the lobby group um from the NRA, they was possibly paying off certain politicians to help with their agenda because that's what lobbyists do. And somebody congressman or senator realized somebody else was getting paid more than them they tried to go back and renegotiate the deal they stood their ground it was like okay well we'll do something about this and then this is where we are today that's what i believe took place i really don't know but it's just speculation you know but it is what it is but at the same time with gun sales going up and people are on the defense now you're going to get people out there who are itchy. So just remember, we have a campaign going on, um, a GoFundMe campaign, whereas we're raising money for people across the nation who are like first-time gun buyers who don't have the training or the skill set to actually employ a gun. They have a gun. They just don't know how to properly use a gun. So everybody, please go to GoFundMe.com forward slash free firearms training and donate what you can give. So when somebody do call from like Idaho, Michigan, Connecticut, wherever it may be, if they are a first time gun purchaser and don't have that training, we can actually, you know, recommend from an, to another instructor in that area to properly train that person who is that first time gun owner. So please everybody help out with that, if you will. Um, the next point I want to go into far as firearm awareness and everything, as we was talking about, people are on edge right now. You have these young kids or group of people, I won't say young kids, just a group of people who are looking to get a laugh on social media by pulling pranks on people, especially with a butcher knife. Have you heard about this guy in Nashville who ended up getting shot, who was playing a YouTube prank and somebody pulled the gun out on him and actually took his life? I did see that. And that is a terribly unfortunate circumstance, but, uh, you know, I don't, (laughs) I don't know all the details of the situation, but it's, it's a terrible idea. From the story that I read, it stated that no charges were being um, given to the person who actually pulled the trigger. It would be hard to now because charge him up. Yeah, it was a situation whereas he feared for his life. Yeah, everything played in conjunction with the fear of his life, except it was a prank. Well, he didn't know that. So, he didn't know that at the time. Yeah. So if you actually go to personaldefenseworld.com, this article is called YouTube Prank Attack Gone Wrong Leads to Fatal Shooting. And you can look it up for those who are, you know, listening to the podcast and read about it, how this Nashville guy actually ended up getting shot by a YouTube prank that went wrong, you know, so... Coach B actually had her take on that also when we was talking about that. So you care to share your thoughts? 
There we go. I think whether you're using a butcher knife or anything, the whole prank outside of your family members and, you know, you and your family, you do pranks against each other, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. Whether it's throwing cold water on someone while they're in the shower, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, that's one thing. But once you step outside, you never know what that person that you're planning on pranking what they've been through what they're going through and what they might do so I feel like any kind of prank outside of your home is not a good idea at all I agree yeah, I totally agree with that um there are some pranks out there that are funny but I think once you hit the the civilian populace and trying to pull a prank. Yeah, some of it is within good taste, but others of it isn't. The one thing I did state when I talked about this topic beforehand, you really don't know the mind state of somebody and what their day was like. And that could be the outcome of the situation you're in. So what if you just got laid off of your job or your spouse just left you? your child just got put in the hospital or God forbidden, God forbidden, they lose their life. That's enough to take somebody over the edge in a sense of speaking. And their mind state is the outcome of that prank you're trying to pull, if that makes sense. You when know, so. It's a prank that starts, you know, I don't know, has something to do with, with people's, uh, fearing for their life or, or endangerment of, of themselves or somebody around them uh, mm -hmm. right now, especially with, with detentions um, around the country, that that's a bad idea. Yeah. So now I did have this conversation with somebody beforehand and I'm not certain if social media played a part in this with this person's child trying to get a laugh or just trying to prove a point or something. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. So when I was talking to the parent, what I told the parent is you have to understand something. Your child looks like me. That officer coming around that corner might not look at that child as a person. And now it's handled totally different than it would be if the child didn't look like me, but look more like you. You know, so he actually was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I said, but thing is, man, you need to, you know, instill that into your children. Because if you don't instill that into your children, what's mm. going to happen? You know what I'm saying? You can care all you want, but if you're not instilling those fundamental thoughts, it, it can be a bad road. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially when we see how when we was coming up how much effort the generation before was giving to us to do the right thing and do this to be successful this generation now technology took over and those same yeah. traits are not being pushed forward gosh it's almost the opposite now um within the last few years man you're almost getting an incentive to stay home and <laughs> pretty much and, uh, yes, that's pretty not much. be a productive member of society i don't i don't know 
It's just like um, Coach B hit me up um, what, two or three days ago. I'm going to Walmart. You want to go with me? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nothing against you I, I just don't feel comfortable right now leaving the house <laughs> i don't have enough ammo to go to walmart yeah that's what it was i was cleaning the gun <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask both of y'all this question off of the youtube prank that went wrong what skills at a minimum do you think you should have when you conceal carry because remember what we said at the beginning there are a lot of first-time gun buyers out here gun owners and a lot of people have that mindset if they have a firearm they can employ it to defend themselves protect themselves whatever the case may be and do what they got to do with said tool but yeah. what is the minimum you believe somebody should be able to um, have with a firearm in a concealed manner as, as far as it like a physical skill set yes Uh, man, I don't know. A, a minimum would be kind of hard to define for me. I think I don't, I didn't watch a video of that situation that YouTube uh, situation that you're talking about. I did read a little article on it, but I think it possibly could have been de-escalated if, if the, the um, concealed carry person, maybe, I don't know if he was in a position to where he could make some distance or, or, or it looked like he had time to verbally confront the guy with the knife. Well, no, no, not just off of the YouTube prank, just in general. What's the minimum skill set as a concealed carrier should you have? Not based off of that YouTube prank, just in general. Does it, I mean, you need to be competent in, in knowing where your shot placement is going to be at different distances. Um, you need to be able to, to comfortably, um, you know, draw draw your firearm from its from its holster or wherever you carry it. Um, you need to be have a thorough understanding of your firearm. Um, if you know, like we mentioned on a couple episodes ago, if you have an external safety or something like that that you have to disengage, you need to be competent and comfortable, and and you need to feel comfortable. Yes. With your firearm and your ability to shoot targets at, at different distances. Okay. Um, what I do you think, think um, Coach B? I feel like you you have to be comfortable drawing your weapon. And, mm -hmm. you know, as females, we carry different positions. And you need to practice carrying our, you know, practice pulling your weapon from whether you have it, you know, on your thigh, you have it, you know, appendix carry or, you know, in a corset, you need to practice that and feel comfortable pulling your firearm out and shot placement. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in everything both of you, you just stated. You should feel comfortable with your ability as a shooter for number one, you should feel comfortable with the firearm number two. So it isn't like, oh, I got 30 firearms in my safe. I'm going to take this Beretta out today. And then the next day, well, I'm going to take the STI out. 
then the next day is Smith & Wesson. You should have a dedicated firearm that you actually, when something happens, there is no question you know how to manipulate it, mm-hmm. you know? And the other thing I'm, I'm a firm belief in is if you're concealed carrying, getting the firearm out the holster is the one of the most important aspects of it, you know, outside of understanding what you're shooting at or the conditions around you, the environmental conditions, you know. Um, so I'm a firm believer in the draw and the ability of understanding your firearm and yourself to put shots on target. Right. You know, um, there's a video and it came out a few months ago. Guy was in a restaurant. Um, he had a firearm on him. Guy comes in, two guys come into the restaurant to rob said restaurant. And the guy who came in, he had a, a long rifle. And I don't know what caliber it was, but he had a hunting scope on the rifle. So that was enough to tell me that firearm was just a tool for intimidation. Yeah. Right. You're not going to accurately put a shot. Yeah. You know, within so, 10 yards with, with that thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now the downside to it is, is the patron inside the restaurant had a firearm. The two robbers came in. One guy had a rifle with the long scope on it. The other guy didn't have a wep- a fire or any type of weapon presented. All right. He had a bag in his hand, <laughs> directed people to go up against the wall. The guy who had the firearm, he's he's the only one standing up against the wall with his arms up. The guys come from behind the cash register, go to those people and tell them to take everything out of their pockets. They did it, put it on the table. They collected it up. As they was walking out the restaurant, the guy pulls the firearm out and starts shooting at him. Oh, I did see that. He kind of chased them out. Well, toward, the whole thing. Out the was, front a little bit, didn't he? I thought it was a cowardice act either way you look at it. Yeah. Because why are you going to do it as they're leaving versus they were already as coming out. So somebody's that. coming at me, two people robbing a restaurant and one person has a some form of a tool, intimidation tool. Okay, I'm going to take my chances right now. You know what I'm saying? Okay, there's what, six, seven of us. We can pound this one guy. <laughs> One of us might get sacrificed. <laughs> okay. I'm willing to take those chances. You know what I'm saying? For the survival of life. You know. But once again, I'm not in that I wasn't in that situation. Yeah. So I yeah, can't honestly say tough. what my mind state was at that time and what my actions would have been at that time. Just thinking about it right yeah. now after watching that video, it does make more sense to me that okay, if it was two people and there was more people in the restaurant, you know, if everybody was in that mindset, it would have been something whereas they would have had control of the situation because they would have overpowered the two, especially if somebody did make the observation of, man, that's a long rifle with the long... He's not aiming that thing. He just... Oh. Then See, he and and that, racket, you know? that comes back to being comfortable with your abilities also because yeah. I watched that video knowing my abilities and, and what I'm capable of and comfortable with, I saw several opportunities there to where I could have drawn my firearm yes. and engaged the targets with, with ample time. 
but I have a 0.85 draw from concealment. Right. I practice it a lot. I'm comfortable with it. Everyone is probably not able to draw from concealment that quickly. So there's the, another reason you need to know what you're capable of be com comfortable and competent in, in your abilities. Maybe someone else would not have seen that situation and had an opportunity to draw their gun. If they're going to take two or three seconds, you know, I, I always, um, uh, preach to never try to draw on a drawn gun. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. I mean, I have a pretty quick draw from concealment. It's under a second. Doesn't matter if it's half a second, it's still not faster than someone can pull the trigger if they're already aiming at you. Right. Um, so um, <clears throat> when we watched that video, I showed it to Coach B. And I was getting upset every every time I kept going back watching it. I was getting more Did upset. you see the opportunities where you could have? There was like, I think I stopped counting at like six or seven yeah. opportunities he could have taken. You know, especially, I was like, that handgun would have won that fight all day. Oh, definitely. In, the, in that close environment. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I know Coach B was saying something, but I blocked it out because I was get, getting more upset that this guy did this cowardice act of people running out the store versus... They were leaving. At that point... It, there's no danger. <laughs> no. I, I mean, he still had a gun in his hand, but he was on the way out. He wasn't even looking at anyone. He may not even had ammo or anything for, but you know, that doesn't matter. He didn't know that either, but right. they were leaving. What was your thoughts, Coach B? I feel the same way you guys feel, um, but yet, as we've stated before, we don't know what his mindset was, um, but either he should have you know, handle the situation sooner or not at all. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I was, I said that if once they came to the table, collected that stuff, once they turned their back, he should never pull that firearm out. Right. You know, it's, yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Some people freeze up, you know, when, when events like that happen and I, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't there, but yeah. just from so, the video, it, it didn't look too good when he decided to engage the targets there. Yeah. So I wonder what charges, if any, were presented during that situation, you know, because I never could find the follow-up story on it either. But I'm, I'm just curious to know. I'm also curious to know, for those who listen to the show who do not partake in any type of competition shooting, but you know, you go out and you plank every now and then, or, you know, you just go out there and shoot, just to keep your skills um, in place. How do you practice for the what if for concealed carry, right? Do you actually dry fire? Do you practice coming out the holster? Do you actually put yourself in different situations, whereas you can react to, you know, so please send an email, DM us, and give your insights so we can actually hear this and further this conversation. Because regardless of what takes place, training is always going to be that one instance that will better have the sense of survivability over luck. So just think about it. And um, But I'm curious to hear everybody's um, take on that. So please share your stories, share your thoughts. Um, so we can actually 
discuss them on the show or bring you on to the show and have you discuss whatever it is that you do. Um, what do you think about that? Well, you mentioned dry fire. Um, I know in class, we've talked about dry fire, you know, in some of the classes that we do. And, and I didn't know of dry fire until, you know, I started into competition shooting because I was always told that you don't, um, it's gonna mess up the firearm. Yeah, that would, <laughs> and I think that's some of the um, the the students um, they feel the same way because they look at me or you know look you, and it's kind of like a oh you can do that, and I think that's just kind of a misconception that's out there. Um, it is. I, I believe it is because um, I'm. I also believe that if dry fire is going to mess up the firearm having ammunition in the firearm and pulling the trigger is going to mess it up just as much right i think it was it was <laughs> something that there's there's still a couple of rimfire guns mm -hmm. that have a like a a pin on the hammer that that you can mess up right. dry firing like 22 caliber stuff yeah um, so basically what it is is somebody took the knowledge and they didn't tell the whole story to stop no, it's gonna it mess maybe, up <laughs> maybe something from a hundred years ago it might mess up but any modern firearm uh, there's no reason to worry about it at all yeah so you know, like i said i've always been arguing that point and i was just like mm, okay I don't uh, know as, about that. as so, much as i dry fire my gun would have torn up by now if it if something was gonna happen to it. <laughs> i agree with that one i agree with that one if you right, can so, dry fire me then <laughs> i'll listen to you <laughs> oh, oh now before we um before we go to the next commercial break a couple episodes ago um jj made the challenge to you um we yeah got your take on that after yeah listen to it so. <laughs> you got a little upset i think <laughs> no, that's great though. i mean it's fine, it's fine. yeah it's fine it was challenge. something when we weren't shooting matches it was just something everybody was doing on social fun media so it was kind of fun yeah so um has he actually said like because uh, i haven't went back on his page and checked to see if he did any new challenges or anything but has he put forth a new challenge as of lately mm, i have not seen a new one i did see him do a two reload two like he was talking about on the podcast mm -hmm. and, uh, his time was 2.19 right. but then he was making some excuses about how the buzzer the timer jumped in or something i don't know whatever excuse he had <laughs> <laughs> he didn't funny. he didn't tag me in it directly so maybe he's still working on it yeah that might be it that might be it. <laughs> it's not under two seconds why even post it <laughs> <laughs> challenge accepted that's what i'm hearing <laughs> all right so um do you have anything you want to say before we take off okay oh yeah so for those of you who actually go to YouTube and watch the podcast, if you look at it, you do notice at the beginning of the intro, it does state um, um, Dave Lyle and Michael Woodland. And then there's a picture of um, Dave and myself, but there isn't a picture of Coach B in there. So I didn't want to take a picture of Coach B and Photoshop her in. 
So <laughs> what I said was the next time all of us are actually physically together, um, we can actually take a picture on the range together and then the intro will be changed and Coach B's name will be in the intro as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, Dude. yeah. So um, I know somebody had mentioned that to me beforehand and I had to explain the situation to him. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to catch us all in the same place at the same time. But when you do catch us in the same place at the same time, we're all focusing on shooting and, yeah. man, I forgot to get the picture, <laughs> you know, so but um let's go ahead and dive into a quick commercial break and then see what happens after that commercial break all right so if you will stay in your seats and hear our few words from our sponsors are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating crowded or uninviting there's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the MW Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please, go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting in the realm of the two-way community. Until next week.
keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. <laughs>